Hello there, it's uh, Scott again. This is the um, the continuation of the Once a Week project, which is actually turned into Once a Month. This is a, a shameful effort by myself, and I, I would like to apologize for it. So please accept my apologies. Um, I will try and, bring, try and do things on a more regular basis. To be honest, I'm going to fail immediately because I'm actually moving house tomorrow. So that's almost certainly going to disrupt me for a little bit as well as I kind of get broadband to move across and get the studio set up and all that sort of stuff. But mainly because of that move, I thought it was important that I did actually get here. So um, I'm here, and as promised, I'm going to tell you about the computer that I bought. So for those uh, who aren't, haven't been following the, the saga as such, my uh, MacBook is starting to die at four and a half years old. I'm not really concerned about that. I'd never expected it to get this far. Um... It's, it's problems have actually got worse recently. Um, there's now a bit where if you have the screen in a position, it doesn't work anymore. Um, it's still struggling the power to charge, but it nonetheless runs quite happily as long as you leave it on a desk and don't touch it. So it's still serving a purpose well, and I'm, I'm actually recording this podcast straight onto its mic, just for old times' sake, really. Anyway, the machine I bought, first of all, I'm considering this new machine a stopgap, so I was trying to keep the budget as low as possible, ended up spending 249 so that means I didn't buy a Mac, which you already knew. But no, I didn't buy a Mac. What I actually ended up doing was going out and buying a Samsung NC110 netbook. So this is one of these really small netbooks, 10-inch. Um, rather than being powered by a full, a fully-fledged processor, for want of a better phrase, it has an Intel Atom processor in it. Now, I, I think we have to be fair that the Atom processors that powered the first-generation netbooks were just a were basically a nightmare, weren't they? They weren't particularly awesome, particularly useful processors. And this one, though, has a N570 processor in it, which is a dual-core uh, 1.6, if I remember correctly. And those cores are actually hyper-threaded, so on the OS that I'm running, which isn't Windows, it actually reports as four separate cores. Um, it's a little bit disingenuous, obviously, because you've still got two physical cores, but certainly you can kind of harvest out processors towards them, and depending on how good the OS is in handling it, you can get a bit more performance by using the hyper-threaded cores, which is cool. Um, what else is on it? Well, 320 gig hard drive. To be honest, I think that's too big. That's too big for a netbook. Um, there's probably there's power issues there, stability issues, security issues as well. I'm saying this, that's a lot of material I could be carrying around on this. If I'd had the option of maybe getting this with a 60 gig solid state, I probably would have taken that actually. But anyway, it came in for free 20, so I took it. Uh, wireless BGN for me, that was essential. Um, just uh, just fast Ethernet 100 meg, not gigabit. I was disappointed about that, but I couldn't find any netbooks which had gigabit at a sensible price point. This kind of, you know, this, this kind of 249 price point. So that that was how it was going to be. A 10 hour battery life, which I can actually report is fairly solid and is fairly consistent of that. I I basically never turn Wi-Fi off. And easily get up to easily get ten hours. At times, I've actually exceeded it due to due to what I'm doing with the machine. Um, my machine has Bluetooth on it, but I've noticed that some of the British stock is now without Bluetooth, probably for reasons as discussed in my in my podcast earlier on, sort of style. So, you know what I mean? That's not a major. No, well, you know, if you wanted Bluetooth, it's a major thing. To be honest, I'm not really sure what the purpose of Bluetooth is Bluetooth is anymore, really. With kind of over-the-air syncing via Wi-Fi, you know, through Google Plus and the iCloud and stuff. I don't know what I would do with Bluetooth particularly, but, you know, it is missing. Um, now, the most interesting feature of this netbook when I got it is the fact that I booted Windows because I was very keen to make sure I knew what was inside the box in terms of part numbers and SKUs and kind of configurations. 
And to do that, I had to boot um, the Windows build there. So I had a Windows 7 starter. I would estimate it took somewhere in the region of about two hours, perhaps, to boot all the way to the point where it allowed me to do something sensible with it, where I could choose what to do. Um, it was incredibly slow. I would argue probably unusable. It's definitely felt unusable. Um, I was gobsmacked at how much of the screen real estate, which is very limited, obviously, on these machines, how much of the screen real estate is sucked up by massive icons and elements of the Windows interface, which are just unnecessary. It's, I, I didn't like that either. Um, it, it really declined to actually offer an assessment of the machine's capabilities in reference of running a Windows 7 starter, but also when I attempted to install a older version of Skype to have an eBay-based Skype rather than a Windows-based Skype, it actually declined to install the eBay-based Skype. So I was a bit shocked to discover how how underpowered the machine was reporting itself to be to, to the kind of software world. Anyway, as you would expect, um, it's not running Windows 7 anymore. The intention was never for it to do so. And in actual fact, I'm actually running Arch Linux on it now. Um, Arch Linux is a peculiar Linux in that it, well, it's not peculiar so much in that it's a peculiar operating system if you've never played with Linux before. If you've actually, uh, if you're a fairly long-term Linux user, or even if you are confident with Linux admin, though, you'll find Arch is a pleasure to work with. Now, the reason I mentioned if you're a long-term user is that a lot of people told me the Arch Linux uh, install was going to be awkward and problematic. In actual fact, it very much reminded me of a, a late Red Hat desktop install, which is the kind of thing I've done a lot of before, so... I found it fairly fairly trivial to do, um, and to be honest, the machine is very well supported. You have all those peculiarities, like you you know you have to manually set PCI param PCI bus parameters to change the backlighting, but you know it's just a I've written a shell script that does it for me now, so that's not a problem. Uh, wireless was pretty much well. Wireless was supported entirely within the Arch repositories that are available for them. It's just a matter of working your way through them and getting the right stuff right stuff in place. Um, the Arch environment, um, well, one of the cool environments about Linux, cool features about the Linux environment, or, you know, GNU Linux, if you want to be exact, is the fact that you can pick and choose the components that you want to have and in what situation you want to have them. So I have the machine booting up to just to a terminal by default. From there, I can do a StartX. StartX is actually booting WDM rather than a full kind of GNOME KDE environment. Um, the reason for that is purely for speed. I know the machine is, I, I know the machine is underpowered, which is an interesting point because it's not really underpowered; it just feels underpowered. So I wanted something very lightweight. So as a consequence, I have a machine which is booting, and once booted with Wi-Fi, capable of surfing the web, is using about 26 meg of RAM, which I thought was pretty impressive. And as a consequence of that, it is it is fast. It is it is literally it it is as fast as my MacBook is on the internet or on any sort of, in, in most tasks in terms of word processing and all that sort of stuff, it easily keeps up with that, which I was very impressed to see, um, considering that under the Windows environment the machine had been unusable, I was gobsmacked at how usable it became. I haven't actually installed a full, a full kind of GNOME desktop yet, but I am considering doing it just to see what the, what the burden is likely to be. I have my suspicions that even with a full GNOME install in place, as long as I'm careful with services and things like that, I'll probably be able to maintain a usable machine, which which could be interesting because there are nice things about the GNOME environment. Or if you're lending the machine to somebody to do something with, it's nice for them to be able to do, you know, to do things with it. And a lot of people have remarked to me about how difficult it is to to do things with something like WD, um, you know, WMD. To be honest, 
I don't think it is. It's just a matter of familiarity. They're so used to there being a, a dock or a start button and going and clicking on things to happen, whereas in those environments, it's a particular set of gestures required. In that case, it's Alt-P, and then the beginning, you know, you can start typing what it is you actually want to work with. So that's kind of, you know, that's, that's a kind of cool feature. Um, otherwise, I've been quite happy with it. The netbook itself, the build quality is nowhere near the MacBook. It's not to say it's bad. It's just, you know what I mean? You're, this is a 249 box. I... You know, I essentially went and bought this machine thinking, I've got to finish a PhD, I've got a lot of typing to do, and at the end of that process, due to finish at the end due to finish Christmas sort of time, I'm gonna look for another job, look for a prop, look for a proper job, I got some work commitments that I have to honor up until April, May, and then I'll be seriously looking for some for some full time work. So at that point there, another another Mac is was on the cards, where in actual fact I've kind of came to the conclusion that this is probably a machine which is going to last easily a year, if not further than that. Um, the ability to run a the ability to run a really slim line OS on the machine just makes it fast and responsive and nippy. And as long as I stay strict to that kind of principle, I think the machine will continue to be usable for for a lot longer than I originally anticipated. Uh, the ten hour the the ten hour battery life is literally ten hours. Um, the reason it's ten hours on this box, I suspect, is due to the fact that um, I've I've kind of told the Linux kernel to take control of the actual scaling on the CPU, which is the thing which is going to give the biggest battery life improvements as well as the wireless radios. And I've actually got it hammering, um, hammering it down all the time. So um, the kind of power, the power saving on the box is really, really aggressive. Um, because of the fact that there's so little memory being used by the system, I've also noticed that the machine has a tendency to put the hard drive asleep for long periods of time, so much so that when it starts doing things, you, you really notice it, actually. And that's because of the fact that it's actually managing to... It's actually loading into RAM and holding into RAM most of the documents I work with on a regular basis. So as a consequence of that, I'm spinning the hard drive up every now and again, and even then it's only... Well, actually, to be honest, polling of the machine illustrated that the most common cause of me loading of the hard drive spinning is because I actually mistype something and go to a directory I didn't intend to go to. Otherwise, the OS is actually already, you know, is, is kind of optimizing in the background really nicely and, and, you know, it's holding the stuff I want to use in memory, they're perfectly fine. Who's this box not for? Well, anybody who wants to do some really heavy-duty video work is going to be disappointed immediately, so it's definitely not for those people. Uh, to be honest, if you if if you love the Mac environment, then this is not the Mac environment. This isn't. This is the nightmare on the other side of the Windows environment. So, you know, I spend I spend a lot of time on the command line, and I did that under OS X. I choose. It was a choice I choose to. That's how I prefer to work. And if you're like that, then you might find these kind of boxes are a massive money saver and give you a whole lot more than something like an iPad does. At the same point. If you like that click and drop in face and you like being able to go out and buy bits of software that will do the job or require things like that, or you need support, you know, proper support for a dot doc or a dot sib or something like that, then, you know, the world of Linux isn't really a good option either. So you need to definitely know what you're doing or have access to people who know what they're doing with the Linux environment. Your local lugs are a really great choice for that, though. I'm saying those people are, are awesome. So I definitely recommend those people to have a look at. But, you know what I mean? I've certainly been very, very happy with the Samsung uh, netbook, so I'd definitely recommend one to you. However, I see they're now selling at 300 quid, so uh, I'd maybe be waiting to see if they come down in price again, because I guess we're in the lead up to Christmas, they're going to want to discount heavily. I'm, you know, I reckon they're going to discount heavily in December, actually, but anyway. 
Um, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't pay two nine nine right now. I'd hold off a little bit. I'd pay two four nine for mine a month ago almost. So I'd wait up for that to appear. Anyway, it's been a pleasure. Um, I'm going to try and get back here more often. So hopefully I will. But for now, goodbye.